Hello, everyone. So, this did not take another six months in between books. We did it. We did it. it de- technically, the first one didn't take six months between books. From that the was the in- first one. From the in- Between the announcement and the podcast. Okay, valid. Um, valid. So, here we are, um, a month later, uh, and we'll be talking about Halo the Flood in our second episode of the Half Gen Bookcast. If that's the, the name. cast is that's what we're calling it now? maybe sure yeah you know it's our our website we go fast and fast and loose here all right then. Uh, um all right. so halo the flood is uh in many ways the novelization of the original game halo combat evolved written by william deets and was uh released originally released april 1st 2003 um, really yes so a year before Halo 2, uh, it attained Publishers Weekly's bestseller list in May that year. Um, so yes, this is kind of the second chapter of the original trilogy of books that kind of set off the Halo extended universe. Um, so before we get into kind of the nitty gritty, uh, Chris, what do you think of it in kind of just overarching in general? Uh, you know what? I think... I definitely prefer, and like this is with the knowledge of having read the kind of core four uh, books that really take place during that trilogy. Uh, The, you know, with with being this, uh, The Fall of Reach, the next book we're going to read, and the one after that. Um, I definitely prefer Eric Nyland's style of writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like, and I'm not trying to like, you know, just blatantly criticize the author here but sometimes i felt like parts were a little too descriptive and mm. it just kind of spent a lot of time focused on some details that felt unnecessary yeah for me um a, a lot of it maybe wasn't from being over detailed but overly repetitive um just, that that was the other thing i was gonna say yep. yeah just him constantly saying the chief was running he he fired bullets he reloaded he kept running he switched you guns know what I, you know what i noticed a lot towards mm. the end of the book he kept using the same phrases over and over again. Yeah. Whenever he talked about the Master Chief loading the gun, he loaded a mag and hammered it home. Yeah, yeah. He used that phrase so many times, the hammered it home, and I was like, oh my god. There's multiple. There's a multitude of ways to explain loading a magazine. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's definitely not my favorite book in, in the franchise, but I think um, outside of the Chief stuff, since that's more or less what you experienced during the game, I do like the background as to what the rest of the UNSC troops were doing on the ring at the time. Um, yeah, on, and there's the some whole, good character moments there. Yeah, on the whole, I think there was a lot of valuable information. I think the contents of the book itself, ignoring you know some of the quirks of the writing, mm-hmm. I think the content of the book itself is quality. Yeah, like I would definitely still recommend this to people to read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially people who you know played the game. Like this is a good refresher. If you haven't played the game in a while oh, yeah. and you want to like get back into Halo, this is a great book for that. Yeah, during the chief sections, I was literally in my mind seeing the gameplay, like going no. through the corridors and everything. I was listening to the music in my head. <laughs> I was listening to the music on my headphones while I was I almost, reading it. I almost did that, but I was like, no, because I was like, it's never going to match up with the book. So I was yeah. just kind of playing in my head. 
Like, dude, the Warthog run, yep. I had that whole thing mapped out. <laughs> I could see the whole thing happening. I'm not going to lie. I actually, like, kind of skimmed through a bunch of that because I was like, I already know what this is. Yeah. I know what this looks like. I've run it so many times. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> if you're intimately familiar with the first game, half this book is going to be kind of review. Um, the only thing uh, when it comes to the chief sections that I did like um, were um, specifically some of the kind of character moments he had he has more dialogue in the book obviously than he does in the game and it kind of makes him have a little bit more personality than he did in the game but um there's one specific not personality thing but thing that happens to him toward the end yep that doesn't happen in the book or it doesn't happen in the game that's crazy um and i forgot about it until i got there you know what's funny Mm -hmm. is i think it was on kotaku or something but i had literally like somebody or no, it was like a video recommendation on YouTube because I'd been watching all the Halo stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was literally talking about that moment. And it was like, this is detailed in Halo the Flood. And I was like, I read that book and I do <laughs> not remember this happening. Uh, yeah. And you, oh man, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, but um, uh, it, it, real quick, if I can. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to add that there, some of it, like. I like a lot of the added, like chief is definitely more interactive in this book than he is in, uh, uh, the game. Mm -hmm. He has a lot more, you know, written dialogue than he does have spoken dialogue in the game. And I think a lot of that does add depth to his character, uh, because it makes him feel more lively than he did in the game, which probably wasn't necessarily the goal of the game. And I understand why it wasn't there. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, not all of it. Some of it was like, eh, okay, he's just kind of talking for the sake of dialogue. Mm-hmm. But other parts of it definitely felt like it was adding depth to his character that was missing from the first Halo. Yeah, so I, totally I, I, I really do appreciate that. And then just the fact that, like, they really dig into the psyche of Master Chief, which I also think is kind of an up and down thing. But that's more of a me thing, because I have this vision of, like, you know, Master Chief is this badass soldier, and he gets back to Earth, and they're talking about his armor, and you're like, tell that to the Covenant. Mm. You know? It's just, it's, like, it's the action he's just movie a badass hero. guy. Yeah. But, like, in the book, there are definitely moments where he is vulnerable, uh, physically and psychologically vulnerable, and, like, moments where he's definitely letting his guard down and stuff. And, like, for anyone who plays the game... All you ever see is, like, the Master Chief who's, like, grappled with the grave mine. He's just like, I'd rather not piss this thing off. Mm-hmm. And just, like, calm, cool, collected. And he is not always like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, like, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and I'd say the last thing before we kind of get into walking through the book for me is I think Dietz does a fantastic job of dealing with the titular flood in the book. Um, the reveal in the game is one of, I would say, one of the best kind of reveals in gaming history. Um, I would go as far as to say that level is probably one of the best levels in a single-player campaign. Yeah. Um, like, just, in, 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 especially in, a, in the shooter genre. Like, that level itself is a master... Yo, it's a masterwork. I still... Yep, that, that <laughs> spreadsheet exists. I'm waiting for we you to sign to. off on a few of them. I know! I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do it. Um, but... Uh, especially with how the flood affects uh, people kind of mentally and emotionally. Um, the fear was instilled in the game during that cutscene, and I feel like Dietz really does a great job expanding upon it in this book um, through a few different ways that we'll get into. But without further ado, 
let's get into Halo the Flood. Let's do it. Um, so Halo the Flood takes place right after the fall of Reach. Um, I think hours. Uh, or is it days at this point? Because slip space is slow for humans, right? Because uh, they cryoed a bunch of people, didn't they? I thought they just, they might have. I think, I believe it's, I can pull it up real quick. It's, well, we just need to figure out when did the fall, what was the date of the fall of Reach? Uh, uh, okay. When was the fall of Reach? Yes, we are doing this right now. We are professional. You want to make sure we get this right. I didn't think it like I, I didn't even think to check before, but like I feel like I remember them in the book talking about thawing people. You know, only critical personnel were up and yeah. active. So you know? so the fall of Reach uh, was happened between July twenty fifth and August thirtieth, uh, twenty five fifty two, and this takes place um, between September nineteenth and twenty third. That doesn't seem right. That sounds right, actually. A, a month after the fall of Reach. Well, remember, human slip space. Oh, they, yeah. They did a is. random jump. Yeah, because they did the cold protocol and did a couple random jumps. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, they, they weren't exactly random. As we learned at as the end learned. of the Fall of Reach, right. Cortana right. kind of had an idea of where she wanted to go. Yeah. So she wasn't breaking the rules, but... <laughs> she was kind of breaking the rules. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, so it takes place uh, between September 19th and September 23rd, 2552. Um, so the Pillar of Autumn has, uh, escaped from the siege at Reach where the humanity's military home or military stronghold planet has been just annihilated. Um, and I think by the largest, by the largest known Covenant fleet as of that time. Yeah. I think it was like 300 ships or something from the Covenant. It was insane. They never stood a chance. No, no. Absolutely you could not. have had an equal number of Mac guns, and they probably wouldn't have stood a chance. Yeah. So, um, so the Pillar of Autumn, which is housing uh, Cortana, uh, Captain Jacob Keys, Master Chief, and um, some other characters who we'll meet in the book, um, have jumped through slip space. Um, they finally come out of slip space, and they see Halo. Um also known as Installation 04, as we would come to know it later on. Also known as Alpha Halo. Um, so as they see the ring, um, they're being pursued because the Covenant obviously could track them through slip space. Technically, I think the Covenant were there first. I think the Covenant were waiting for them, if I remember correctly. Even looking back to the beginning of the game, mm -hmm. he references that the Covenant were waiting for them, and Cortana mentions that uh, Covenant had always been faster. Yeah. So they were probably, they probably had an idea that's where they were going. Yeah. Or they, yeah, they read or a lucky the, guess, at they, least. They, they read the jump and then just jumped there and got there way before. Yeah. Just waiting in. Um, so Pillar of Autumn, it's getting shot down. Um, so uh, Keys has the idea to land it on the surface of the ring as it appears after, a, I think, a scan by Cortana to be that it's breathable atmosphere it's weird, but they could land there and kind of get out of the sky. So they start diving down, and then the only thing that saves them from being destroyed right then and there uh, is a prophet on board one of the Covenant ships, um, not allowing the Covenant to fire upon the Pillar of Autumn in case it might danger the safety of the ring itself. Well, no, they, they wouldn't fire their plasma weapons. They wouldn't risk destroying, like, blowing up the ship. 
So they used like more concussive style rounds to try and disable the vessel. Because they were firing on the Pillar of Autumn. I, I, yeah, they were firing on the Pillar of Autumn until it got too close to the ring. And then they oh, pursued yeah. it. Well, no, but what I'm saying is even before that, though, they were not using their traditional plasma weapons. They were using concussive rounds. Yeah, they were still firing More, more at the or ship. less concussive yeah. rounds. Things that were more like projectile-based. Uh, more similar to what the humans' weapons were. Uh, because they wanted to disable the ship. Because yeah. they were concerned, like, how do the humans know about this sacred relic? Yeah, they were firing at the ship until it got too close to the ring, and then the prophet said, stop firing anything and just pursue it onto the surface. So, um, they do that. Um, as it's descending, they take Chief out of cryo, and then Halo, the combat evolve begins. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> what happens next is the first level of the game. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, so yeah, if you, you want to talk a little bit about just the level, I guess, since it's it's what the next part of the book yeah. is. So uh, essentially, it it is a, a play by play of that level. Chief comes out of cryo. He goes through the tutorial. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt, Chief, mm-hmm. can you please look at this light? Can you look down here? I'm gonna reverse your control. <laughs> <laughs> God, I kind of that's wish all you in the book. It. It's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's yeah. Not. I wish. <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be kind of funny, Chief. I'm gonna reverse your control. Could you not? <laughs> Um, you know, things go to shit. Uh, it, it was, it was cool. Cause like you got some of the perspective of the guy who was up there when the covenant broke in and he's just like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. We actually follow him for a surprising amount of time. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there is a lot of book that takes place even before the master chief is woken up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, they wake him up. And you go through the level. They even talk about jumping over the pipes to get to the the maintenance corridor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he goes to see Keys. They learn of the plan. He takes Cortana. He gets the pistol. Uh, and he goes through and summarily starts wiping out Covenant throughout the ship. Uh, right up until the very end when, you know, he gets aboard the life pod. Uh, what, what's, what, really, what I really like about this particular section is is it comes back to Keys and how Keys gets off the ship. You know, oh, everybody boards the life pods. Yeah. But the prophets want to... Again, they are confused. They don't know how the humans found this sacred ring. They want to know why. So they send badass elite units with stealth onto the ship. And this one guy is just standing, full cloak, on the bridge just standing there and keys sees him but can't quite make sure he's there he sees the shimmer and he's like no man it's my eyes playing tricks on me i don't know getting old and so they evacuate the bridge and this elite has the audacity (laughs) to get on the life pod with them and as they're dropping down to Halo, and the elite is just like, I'm going to follow him down. I know this is the captain. And as soon as we get down there, I'm going to separate him. I'm going to take him. And I'm going to get a promotion. Yeah. And Keyes is just sitting there, and he turns to the Marine next to him. He's like, Marine, I'm going to borrow your sidearm. The Marine's like, what? And Keyes just reaches over, loads it, shoots him in the face. Yep. Not the Marine, the, the elite. Yeah. Just couple shots to the face. Dead elite. Materializes out of nowhere. <laughs> the whole pod's like, what? <laughs> unloads it like a badass discharges the round in the chamber he's like thanks son don't forget to reload it 
Yep. <laughs> God, he's such a good character. Oh, he is man. maybe the best character in the Halo universe. Yep. Yep. Oh, I um, love Captain Key. He might be the most well-written character in the whole book. Yeah, probably. No, he. Yeah, he, he most definitely, definitely is. is. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, I, he is such a great character, and like anytime, I am more excited when Keys is happening <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So, uh, along the same time as Chief and Keys are are heading down onto the surface. There is a also a group of orbital drop shock troopers or ODSTs. Oh, hold um, on. Should we talk um before we get to that, should we talk about the other elite and the grunts because they play a part. Is yeah. Is it Nosali? Is that his name? Uh Was that the elite? Yeah. Yeah. I believe that's him. So there's this elite um he ends up getting injured during the assault, I think by the master chief. Right. Uh and Wait, no, he's Nosali is the one who's shot by keys on the drop on the lifeboat. No, okay, Nosali is that one. Okay, so yeah. there's the other. There's another elite. Okay, there's this elite unit, and he gets injured. Z- I bu- Z- Zamami. Zamami, yeah. There, there's another elite later that I, I, love I this get. Name. I get elite names real mixed up. Elite names are weird, but there's yeah, one later that I remember. I remember this one because it's hilarious. Okay. And when we get to the Pillar of Autumn, like towards the end of the book, remind yeah. me. Yeah. Remind me to talk about this elite because it's hilarious. Okay. I didn't realize. So he's there and gets injured. And there's this grunt, Yayap. I think that's how you would say it. Yayap. Yayap. Yeah. Yeah. Yayap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, up until right now, in the book, I constantly read it as Yap Yap. I did just, too! And I'm just realizing I it's always not. Read it. I always read it as Yap Yap. And then this time when I read it, I was like, oh, it's not Yap Yap. Yeah. Oh, Yap Yap is a much better name. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It yeah, really is. And so, I just now realized it, and I'm sad now. So Yap Yap uh, <laughs> finds this elite, and he and his like brother grunts are like, no, we don't want to be here. We're going to take this elite, and we're going to, air quotes, rescue him. Yep. And by rescue him, we're going to use him as an excuse to get off the ship and not die to the humans. Mm-hmm. And so they save this elite. Wow, what a nice guy. Sucks to be him later. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a fairly classic grunt moment of trying to get away from the combat and being relatively clever about it. Um, I like the more clever than we think. Yeah, they're definitely more uh, clever than people give them credit for. Just because the games, they're just their their voices are funny. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so that elite is carried off, um, and then brought to the surface of Halo. Yes, yes, and also um, uh, ejecting from the ship are a group of ODSTs led by Commander Antonio Silva and second in command Melissa McKay. Yeah, and Silva's a major. Yeah, major. Yeah, he's Silva, the commander yeah. of the unit, but the rank of major because yes. that plays that plays into something later. Yes, um, and it's Lieutenant McKay. Um, so they land. Uh, Silva actually has uh, a military AI named Wellesley, um, after the Duke of Wellington. Wellesley is entirely insufferable for most of the book. I actually liked him. <laughs> I I like. He, he, like, I get it. He's not a smart AI, and so he would obviously be quirky. But I just thought, I, I probably felt the same way about him as Silva did. 
and just like just shut up and tell me the things I need to know. See, I hated uh, Silva, until... so that's why like, why I liked Wellesley. I think I don't like Silva all that much either. Like Silva's good for the first half of the book. Silva's like a slightly better Del Rio. Yeah, in my eyes. That's why I I'll like Wellesley because you know he gave me crap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wellesley's really good at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, so yeah, so everyone pretty much at this point is on the surface. Um, uh, Keys and his group are kind of trying to find, or uh, well, the ODSTs were tasked with finding uh, a high vantage point to kind of set up base. So they're off doing that. Keys, I love. I, I do. Let, I love. There's one line when McKay regroups with Silva, and mm. Silva's already decided where their base is going to be. He's like, "You see that butte? I want it." <laughs> that's all he yeah. says he's just like i want it and yep. mckay's like all right let me get my unit together and i guess we'll go take it <laughs> yeah I, I i like mckay a lot actually she is really she she is probably the best developed of yeah. the like marine characters i would say so uh, mckay yeah. is very she is a very sympathetic mm-hmm. character in this because she definitely goes through the range of emotions while maintaining her composure mm-hmm. uh, in a way that i feel like other people maybe don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um, so as keys and company are hoofing it along, evading covenant forces, um, there's an ensign or an ensign. I never got ensign. the pronunciation. Ensign Ellen Dowski. Um, this is again, a great keys moment. Um, Oh, hold on. Should uh, we talk about why before, should we set this up first? Because well, I was, I was, I was going to, yeah. Well, before you get into Ellen. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, because when they landed, uh, a, a group of like elites did find their pod and they found the dead elite. Yeah. That's why they're being hunted because they don't, the, they, they, they know that the covenant know, like there's no way this elite would go on this pod unless it was for a very good reason. And mm-hmm. they assume, okay, he must've found their commander, but we don't know which one it is. Yeah. And then continue. Yeah. Um, so they're going along. Uh, Ensidowski starts freaking out, saying they should surrender. Um, and it, it got to a point where he's just like, okay, you can surrender. Please tie her up and let's go. <laughs> Take her gun yeah. and her gear. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they tie, tie her up, up and leave her. And you are more than welcome to surrender. Yep. Yep. Um, and which is God, such another good moment. Um, incredible. Eventually she is, is captured and interrogated and used, used as bait. And and, well, no, they use her. Yeah. They use her as bait because they're still pursuing keys and she's on the comms telling them, you know, you can't run, you know, they're, they know where you are. You need to surrender. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the covenant are putting her on the mic to tell them to surrender. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> like the covenant have never taken prisoners. It is not their methods. And all of a sudden, whatever it takes to figure out who the hell keys is, because mm-hmm. they know his name keys. Which one is keys? K E E Z Z. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, oh man <laughs> um speaking of elites uh our other elite friend who was injured on the pillar of autumn he comes to around this time 
Yep, Zuka Zamami. Zuka Zamami, and he sounds like the next medication on commercials. Zuka Zamami. It will help you sleep better at night. <laughs> uh, I, when I when I heard it, I thought Zuka Dramamine. Oh, yep, yep, that helps. Isn't you sleep. there a thing called like Zamamine or something? Maybe. Maybe was... I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so he wakes up and he's just like, "Oh, so a grunt saved me? Show me." <laughs> yep. So he goes to find Yayap, and Yayap's la- lounging with the other grunts, and another one comes in. He's like, "There is an elite here looking for you," and he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> And I just imagined him screaming like yikes and running away like in the game. Yeah. Um, but so he goes out and the elite, like he's thinking like this elite is about to get super pissed at him. He's like, oh, so you are the grunt who saved me. And he's like, y- y- yes. He's like, good. Come with me. It's just like, I've submitted a transfer for you. Transfer where? To my unit, of course. We're going to hunt the demon. They didn't call him the demon. But like at that point, he, the master chief was earning his reputation. Yeah, to the point so, where this elite is like, we are going to hunt him down. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, was screwed whether or not he saved Zuka's Zamami because he Cause, ends yeah. up getting assigned anyway to uh, Zamami's squad to try to hunt down the chief, um, yeah, which he's unhappy about. To, that was never going to end well. Yep, um, and Hard out here for a grunt. <laughs> it really is, man. Um, around the same time, the ODSTs do su- successfully secure Alpha Base atop the Butte. Um, and then after this is one of the most iconic missions in Halo, and that is Truth and Reconciliation. Mm. Um, so we go through the entire sequence of, uh, sneaking around the edge of the cliff. Well, before that, we should probably address how Silva feels about our friend John. Hmm, not a big fan. No, so... Silva calls the Master Chief. At this point, like, by the end of the second mission, you know, Halo, when he gathers all the Marines, uh, and they go to Alpha Base, and Silva says to meet, uh, tells the Master Chief to come meet him. Tells him to leave his suit. Mm-hmm. Silva does not like the Spartan program. And the, from the moment the Master Chief walks into the room, Silva just starts grilling him on how your Spartan program is a failure, survival of the fittest at work, and, you know, it's us regular, you know, hard-as-nails humans who are going to win this war. That's why you're the only one left. Because Darwinism. He's like, you couldn't survive in this world, and we can. And, you know, I don't like you, I don't need you, but I'm going to use you because you're here. Yeah, did he cite that... Well, he refers back to the training room incident from Fall of Reach. Yes. Did, did were those his four men? Did he say those were my men, or yes. is that more he, a he general did, like he a, was a, other ODSTs? He was a lieutenant at the time, but mm. I believe he was assigned to those men. Yeah. So I believe they were in some way connected to his unit. Yeah. So, so little does he it, know, John is personally responsible for killing two of those men. <laughs> oh no, he's fully aware. No, um, I don't think he knows it's the Master Chief. Does he? He didn't I, I know the designation at the time. He, I, All I he knows is he threw my, they threw my men to one of those Spartans, oh. and he, I don't think he knows it's John, which is why oh, okay. this is even better because he's looking the man in the face who killed those two ODSTs and yeah. then critically wounded the other two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man! But yeah, so Silva makes it very clear, and then McKay you know, the other best character in the book, Mm -hmm. is oddly sympathetic to the Master Chief. She notices, like, 
how he's reacting to the words because the Master Chief... Uh, a.k.a. John, for anybody who doesn't know, his name is John. And he references that at one point, that so few people would actually remember that his name is John. Uh, most of them are dead. And she sees the reaction when he starts telling that the Spartans are failures. And, and the Master Chief is just like, my brothers and sisters didn't die for this to be called failures. At, at, to the point where, like, he, like, when Silva's done, he's like, do you agree with me? And he's like, sir, no, sir. And, yeah. like, just defiantly respectful and just, like, you, like, basically, like, that was his way of saying, you are not going to talk about my brothers and sisters who died for this. So many people who laid their lives on the line. I'm not going to allow you to talk down to them like that. And McKay was very sympathetic to that. And she she did not agree with Silva's assessment of the Spartan program. Yeah, because uh, she's also looking at him and is, like, it looks like he's he hasn't been out of that armor for years. Um, he's wounded everywhere. Um, and he, he looks sad. <laughs> like he looks worn down and she's way more. Yeah. Like you said, she's way more sympathetic to that than Silva is. Yeah. Silva, Silva is just the tried and true blue blooded, you know, you know, or the, I should say green blood. He bleeds green, you know, Marine green or maybe hell jumper black. I don't know, but mm. <laughs> he, he bleeds marine. Yeah. He bleeds he, he bleeds something. Not, what he bleeds, he would not call blood and it is not, it is not what runs through the master chief's veins as far as he's concerned. Right. <laughs> uh oh. also at this point because Keys is missing, Silva being a major for anybody who doesn't know, um because they are split up, it's marines and navy. A navy captain, so a major is actually a higher rank than captain in the marines one higher, but a Navy captain, I believe is the equivalent of a Colonel, which Silva is outranked by two at that point. So if keys is around keys is in charge until they find keys. Silva's in charge. Right. Right. And, and yeah, so, um, at, at some point keys gets captured. Um, and that's when chief goes and has to, beam himself up Scotty into um, the truth and reconciliation. Um, yeah, so that's for anybody who doesn't remember, that's the one with the big covenant ship. It takes place at night. You got to snipe in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good mission. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at this time, uh, Zamami and Yayap are given permission to hunt down um, master chief because well, no, that was after truth and reconciliation. At this point, they're declined. They're denied the opportunity because the prophet doesn't believe that the master chief is the threat that he is. It isn't until after truth and reconciliation, because they have the video of him doing it, that he's granted permission to actually right. pursue him. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, truth and reconciliation happens. John gets aboard. Um, it ends with keys is out. Chief is out. They make crash their way a, out. Crash a, the, the Covenant dropship into some hunters. Why not? Yeah, because what else do you have to do? Um, At least then, in the book, he didn't have to accidentally snipe Keys in the head like I did. Because Keys is an idiot and walks in front of your sniper rifle. <laughs> book, uh, book, book Marines are much smarter than game Marines. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, and then also, kind of, almost concurrently... Uh, McKay and her squad 
are assaulting the Pillar of Autumn to gather supplies and vehicles to bring back to Alpha Base. Um, let's see. And then I think is the next thing that happens. Um, Keys and Johnson being dropped into the swamp yes. to try to find the weapons cache. Yes, so Keys gets information from... Uh, or he heard information... They captured an elite at some point, questioned him, and then found out they were delivering supplies to this swamp area. And so Keys and Johnson lead a team of Marines there. Simultaneously, he orders the Master Chief and Cortana to find the map room and figure out where Halo's control room is. My question is, when he overheard that, were the, were the elite speaking English? Why it's were they possible speaking English? because they were interrogating. So they had tra- they had translators because they were interrogating them at some point. Yeah. So maybe they left them on. Maybe. I mean, why? I why? Why that. care? You know, like they're not. As far as you're concerned, they're not getting out. Yeah. Yeah. Hubris. Yeah. Pride comes before a fall. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah. So they they're they're kind of taking place in these two simultaneous missions, and we actually follow uh, Keys and Johnson. And I think I definitely think for the purpose of the game the way they did it was better, like, avoiding having this conversation, like, beforehand. Like, could you imagine having seen what happens in that swamp before even completing the silent cartographer? Yeah. Like, that's crazy to think about. Mm. Because that's, like, what, mission six in the game. That's after assault in the control room. And, like, we're already there watching what happens to Keys and company. Yeah. If you want to, I don't know if you want to dive into that now or if you want to wait until later more, you know, in line with the game. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of just keep going a little bit um, with Keys and Johnson working their way into the structure. Um, they find dead covenant everywhere, kind of ripped, ripped apart, something they've never seen before. Um, My favorite Keys line takes place here. He, oh, he yeah. finds the ripped up uh, elite and he's like, Real pretty. Friend of yours? Looks at the Marine. The Marine's like, nah, we just met. <laughs> <laughs> Keys has a sense of humor, and I like it. Yep. <laughs> He's yes, a great he does. character. Um, and then they find a locked room. Um, one of the Marines kind of hacks it, splices it, opens it. They go inside, and then the infamous scene happens where the flood are revealed um and they start to just overwhelm everyone um nobody's getting out of that except one person except one person but that's next book (laughs) yeah it's a it's a very and deets does a great job describing the process as to, to how the flood take over the humans where they land on them they have a very hard uh like a very sharp like a penetrating yeah penetrating tendril that they stab into you and tap into the spinal cord and then it's, it's like to, the, it's like a like those parasite bugs that like, like you know mind control ants yeah it's, yeah it's a lot like what happens in the last of us <laughs> yeah yeah and then except much bigger uh, yeah <laughs> and it's just and it eventually burrows into the human and like deflates itself to fit inside it's 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 disgusting. Oh and yeah, like, it's so much worse than the game could ever yeah, describe. Oh, so much. 
And it's just like later on in the book, you'll hear like Chief shooting a combat form and just seeing the infection form inside. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Um, great. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but because of how long the flood had been um, uh, quarantined and maintained there, not every single infection form was at full strength because they were all they had all been starving and in hibernation for a hundred thousand years um so one that attacked a private wallace jenkins who we'll find out more about he was the recording guy he was the recording guy from the game um it was his helmet cam Um, johnson yelled at him jenkins fire your weapon (laughs) and you, you actually learn more about jenkins in halo contact harvest really um yeah he's from harvest and he fights with johnson as part of his platoon on that um so jenkins still unlike the others he still maintains some of his consciousness and is unfortunately very aware of what's happening um that would have to just be the worst the worst possible outcome and he constantly talks about this other presence that he refers to as the other constantly like battling him for control um so that's kind of where that section of the book leaves off oh god like deets did a really great job with that entire section yeah kind of expanding upon it that was excellent like that's that's the kind of details i want from a book about the first game is the stuff that i couldn't see and that's like that is so much more than even like the game could ever explain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh so the next thing uh is kind of the level where chief finds the flood um, well uh, yeah after after he finds the map he, room he yeah, goes he through assault control, control room, room yeah. which is mercifully shortened for this because yeah. that is one of the longest missions in the whole damn game <laughs> yeah. uh that's probably the longest mission in the whole damn game especially probably. if you don't get the banshee at the end to skip the climb to the top yeah oh yeah I won't. I, just, I won't even play it. I'll reset the checkpoint until I get the banshee. It's still faster. You can reset that checkpoint twenty-five times. It's still faster than actually it, playing it properly. Yeah. God. The I last time I played it, dude. That. The last time I played it. Get this, okay? I was playing it with, through with Tony, and I got the banshee. I told him to wait. I'm gonna go to the end. Tony keeps going through the level. I get to the door. He warps me. Oh. <laughs> I was furious. <laughs> I was so mad at him. I was like, I told you to wait. Why would you warn me? And he's like, I, I don't know. I was just going. I was like, I can't believe you've done this. That's such a and classic so, him move. We had to walk up. It took us like an extra like 10 or 15 minutes, which like whatever. But it's like, man, I was there opening the door and the door was open. I was like, wow, we're finally caught up to where I was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I was so, oh, I was God. like I literally would have been two minutes and we'd be done with the mission. Yeah, <laughs> and that's... then he worked me. He just has a tendency <laughs> to do that kind of stuff, man. I just don't know what he was thinking. Uh, anyway, oh God. God. So yeah, so Ross feels um, my pain. I do. Um, so Chief heads to the same structure. He finds Jenkins' helmet cam, which you see in the game, and um somehow fights his way back to the surface where he meets up with marines at a tower to get evac'd but i 
I really like, and they, they go into it even more in the next section, but like, mm. I really like how they have the chief start coping with the flood because this is, this is the first time and the chief acknowledges it. This is the first time throughout the whole game or book. He has been without Cortana. Yeah. He is yeah. entirely isolated. Yeah. Cause she was left in the control room to learn things. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, um, the Master Chief is incredibly alone. This is a guy who, earlier in the book, references that he was making mistakes because he was used to having a Spartan watching his back. So he yep. can't trust the Marines to watch his back because they're not good enough and it's not their fault. But he here is this guy, the super soldier, who's been part of a team his whole life. And he is just... He's coping with the idea that everybody thinks he's the last Spartan alive. He's coping with this idea that he's on this alien installation outnumbered and outgunned. He Now he's coping with this alien life form that is like corrupting human and covenant alike and coming to life to kill him while being entirely alone for the first time in his life. Mm -hmm. Isolated from everything. And like, he almost just doesn't know. Like, he panics. Like, he... He is stressed. He is worried. He is nervous. He, he references his hands shaking multiple times. Like, this is like an impossible scenario, realistically. This is just like an unbelievable type scenario. And like, I don't care how super your soldier is. Like, this is not something people are prepared to deal with. Yeah, he he hasn't been trained to be a lone wolf. Like, in this situation... Probably Noble Six would have definitely kept his head a little bit better because he's used to being alone. I don't even know that he's not necessarily trained not to be a lone wolf. I feel like in certain scenarios, like he could definitely do it. Like if he's isolated for like a mission parameter, you know, but like I don't think in that scenario, I don't think he would go lone wolf in like an open combat scenario. You know what I mean? Quite like No, this. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, but I, I think since his very first failure in basic training where he was going lone wolf and he's like, you need to be part of a team. Yeah. And so he's been, that's been hammered in since he was six years old. And it's just, it's something different for him. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, he fights his way to the surface, finds some Marines waiting for evac. Marines eventually get picked off. Um, and it's just Chief left and we They call finally... it the flood for a reason. Yeah, and we finally get introduced to a very polarizing character. Screw this guy. <laughs> 343 Guilty Spark, who is the resident monitor, um, basically an AI for um, this specific Halo ring. Um, yes, the monitor of Installation 04. Yeah. I am so, a genius. <laughs> he likes to I tell really, himself that frequently he does i really like him uh so uh the chief is told by spark that the creatures he's fighting are called the flood which are a parasite that constantly just tries to find new hosts to infect and spread um uh 343 guilty spark wants to activate halo to wipe out the flood but can't do it because he doesn't have the doesn't have the rights to uh, he recover. He lacks the authority for he such an important mission. Yes. Um, Protocol so, dictates, you know? Yeah. So um, he needs the chief's help to recover the index, um, which is basically the key to the ignition. Um, so uh, he's actually... Guilty Spark teleports him... Um, let's see... 
where is he teleported to the library yeah teleported to the library which in this chapter i like that it is long and arduous much like the library (laughs) yo we get to meet a hero that we never once got to hear from yo this guy this is mabuto yo my man oh mabuto is a so we, we oh. all remember that the, uh, Guilty Spark refers to Master Chief as a Reclaimer. And it's not explained in this game, but it is explained in, like, future lore and other games, like, what the Reclaimers are. But essentially, humans have what it takes to be a Reclaimer. And the Master Chief is not the first human that Guilty Spark has brought to the library. We are introduced to uh, a Marine Staff Sergeant named Mabuto. Uh, who apparently made it just about halfway through. Now, the Master Chief references how impossibly difficult it is to deal with the constant onslaught of enemies, how he has to literally take moments to, like, hide and recover in order to, like, maintain himself, how multiple times he had to take, like, nutrient stims and things like that just to keep going. Yeah. How how he was, how his suit and his mental like ability to fight was pushed to its limits and then here's a marine here's a marine who made it like halfway what a guy Uh, and the master chief like even says Uh, like he says a few words and he's like i wish i could have known you mm -hmm. like the marine or the master chief found a hero in the library he found a guy who basically, I think Mabuto is what pushed him through the rest of it. Because the oh, Master absolutely. Chief, the Master Chief at this point is like downtrodden and kind of broken. And he sees Mabuto, and the rest of the time, he is just snarky towards Spark. And he is just like, he is just like trailblazing. He is just taking dudes down like it's nothing. And he is just like, if this guy can do it, there's no excuse for me not to. Yeah, so everyone. Pour one out Pour one for Staff out Sergeant Ma- Staff Sergeant Marvin Mabuto. What a boss. Um, and Master a legend Chief's, for our time. Master Chief's quote upon finding his body, quote, I didn't know you, Sarge, but I sure as well wish I had. You must have been one hard-ass son of a bitch. Yo, Mabuto plays the game on Legendary. He does. <laughs> he, he looks does. at Heroic the way it's meant to be played. Yeah, right. Legendary. Yeah, he <laughs> plays Legendary with his own rules of if he gets hit once, Restarts from the checkpoint. He plays legendary All Skulls. He's the Chuck Norris of the Halo universe. Man, what a guy. Yeah. I oh, want to play a game about Mabuto. Me too, dude. Let's, oh. let's see his career. And that is uh, that is the only time we ever see Mabuto in all of Halo fiction. Um, no additional backstory. Ross, we're going to write a short someday. story about Mabuto. Hey, we'll put it in the next anthology of short stories that they make. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to co-write an anthology about Mabuto. <laughs> um, so uh, he gets out. Uh, he eventually gets out of the library. He gets the index and is teleported back to the control room um, where we leave him for the moment. And we go back to Alpha Base, um, defending themselves from a surprise attack by the Covenant. Um, who were infiltrating to try and find and kill Master Chief, having no idea he wasn't there. Yeah, um, they, they knew he frequented the base because that was their yes. base of operations. And mm. they had assumed that, you know, being such an important cog in the human military's presence, that they would want him around to protect their most valuable asset, being Alpha Base. Yeah, and um, the entire assault was predicated upon... 
was it was Dowski the pilot? No, no, no. So they had it was they a different captured marine. a human yeah. pilot apparently at some point. And Charlie two one seven. Yes, and he had all the right designations and everything. And so he shows up out of the blue, and the AI Wellesley is just like, I don't know, this doesn't seem right. And he, the, you know, the pilot's like, come on, quit giving me a hard time. Like, I just got it here. Like, just let me land. I'm exhausted. And they're like, okay, landing pad three, but get teams on that. Uh, and he turns around after he does it. And he says, how did I do? And the elite behind him is just like, you did great. And Garot wires him to death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So they land. The elites are ruthless. Oh. I love it. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> um, they're all camouflaged. All camo. Um, and so it lands. Uh, one cool thing that the Marines tried, but pretty much failed because most of the elites had already made their way underground into the base. They freaking sprayed gasoline all over the platform and lit it on fire with a grenade to try and kill him. Yeah. Just oh. the image in my mind was so cool. Yeah, no, just the... Bur- the other thing that actually caused the assault was that they staged uh, a faked uh, ghost crash. Yeah, to get Yayap captured. Mm-hmm. So the guy who's hunting the Master Chief uh, is in the base because Yayap had a, had a communicator, saw the Master Chief, and said he's here. But that had been hours ago at this point. So this was mm. prior to the silent cartographer, even. So, like, you know, the, the, this intel at this point is horribly out of date. And this is now a poorly executed assault in the sense of what they're really there for is gone. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, when so. when the assault fails and the Master Chief isn't there, Yayap flies his way to safety to a banshee and then holds the elite at gunpoint and says, no, we're leaving. And the elite is like, you little shit. And he's just like, but I've got the gun. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So he holds the elite at gunpoint and is like, we'd better get going because you can't yeah. go back to base. The prophets will kill you. <laughs> yeah. God. Have, have you seen the Sandlot, Chris? Most of it. Yes. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it beginning to. No, maybe once. So there's a character who's named Yeah Yeah, who just says Yeah Yeah a lot. And I kept thinking about that when thinking about this grunt and it made it even better. <laughs> Um, so after the failed assault, um, the base is slowly recovering and, um, to try and get one back against the covenant, they take some of the dead bodies of the Marines, um, and the wreckage of Charlie 217 and, and they stage it, um, with some live Marines to act as, as bait, um, to try and take down some covenant forces. And it's a good um, plan. Yeah. Except they didn't know about the f- one thing. Yeah. The flood. The flood. The f- it was the flood. It, the um, flood. The flood. Um, and the so, flood showed up. Wow. Yeah. And, and then it was chaos. Um, and but McKay, yeah, like yeah, McKay go ahead, managed McKay. to capture a flood. A flood, flood we know near and dear to our hearts. What a poor The grave guy. mind. I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, could you imagine? Yo, McKay's the hero of Halo. Holy shit. Halo's over. We won. <laughs> yep. Yep. All those games never happened. Um, now they're very yeah, different the- games where the grave mind is on. Now it's, oh my God. Now it's Doom. Same universe confirmed. Um, <laughs> Bring it to Mars. Hell on yep. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so they do manage to 
capture Jenkins. Yes. Um, God. She feel... sees him. He sees her and says, I hope she's a good shot. And then she tackles him and subdues him and yep, says, cause... I want this one alive. And Jenkins is like, kill me. <laughs> he, he tried to throw himself into the line of fire, but was captured instead. He just <laughs> he wants catch to a die. Break. He can't catch a break, man. Uh, so oh, man. after this, we break back to the chief in the control room. We see the entire scene of the big reveal that Halo doesn't kill the flood, but it kills its food source, which is all organic life. Human um, covenant, we're all equally edible. Yes. Um, so then Spark turns on them, obviously, and all of the helpful sentinels that had been helping Chief take down the flood are now ang- angry Not laser so beam monsters. Anymore. Not so helpful no. at all. And uh, um, they're under orders of preserve the head. Dispose of the rest. <laughs> yep. Because, um, which I I don't know if I never put two and two together or Dietz wrote it in a way that I never thought about it, but C- Cortana lifts the index out and basically she, in a way, like absorbs the index into herself. So she is now the index. I always wondered like how that worked. And then yeah. like they brought it back, kind of spoilers, I guess, if you never played Halo 3. But she still has it. And I never... Same with you. I I was always like, how did she take a physical thing and turn it into Cortana data? And then it's like, okay, she just took the data that was in the index and recovered that. And my... When did Halo come out? 2001? So my 11-year-old brain couldn't parse that together. Mm. But my now 29-year-old brain is like, oh... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, like, so yeah, I get so, it. <laughs> so she's now the index, which is why Spark said to save Chief's head, because that's where Cortana currently is. Because yeah. um, he needs the code to detonate Halo. Yeah, um, now Cortana is the most important thing to him. Yeah, so um, basically Cortana and Chief are running and shooting and talking and being like, we need to destroy the ring, because if it fires, everyone's dead. Um, so and if they we come let the upon... flood get off of it, everyone's dead. Oh, everyone's super dead. Um, <laughs> so they come to worse? the conclusion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they come to the conclusion that they need to blow up the Pillar of Autumn using its fusion reactors, which will blow apart the ring. Um, unfortunately, to do that, they have to find keys because the captain's the only one with that access in his neural implants, similar to how Chief has neural implants, uh, to activate the actual countdown. Meanwhile, um, yeah. Keys is being held uh, on the Truth and Reconciliation, which is currently being overrun by the Flood. Yeah. Who are trying to repair the ship and leave Halo. Yeah. And Keys, all he can do, he knows this thing is just taking his memories and just ripping them out. And it's just like Earth. He knows it exists. It's like, where is it? And Keys is just flooding it with these memories the taste of his favorite food his first kiss you know a day on the beach things like that he is feeding it intentionally these essentially in comparison worthless memories and hiding the important stuff deep in the recesses of his head all while repeating over again his name his serial number or his name his rank his serial number his name his rank his serial number just trying to keep the knowledge of earth away 
from now the most threatening creatures in the universe as far as they're concerned. Yeah, and honestly, after reading, after rereading this, it's probably the the most emotional I've ever gotten at any piece of Halo content ever. Because this is a man who not only was an incredible soldier, but a, a person who was sympathetic and just always knew to do the right thing. Even and when it cost him rank. Yeah, and and he's literally throwing away every ounce of his happiness. Everything that order, makes him keys. Yeah, just to protect in order to stop Earth. this thing. And it's just, man. Do it for her. Yeah. Those posters have a lot more meaning now. Do it for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Cortana can still key into ah. the... Ah, ah. Unintentional. Uh, <laughs> can still key into the signal from, from Keys's, like implants. Um, and they eventually arrive to find Keys as part of a proto-grave mind aboard the ship. Um, and... And they, they need to get the implants, and Chief sees the, just, the imprint of Keys in this bulbous flood biomass. And in the in the book, he said he made his hand into basically like a shovel. I mean, that's and, kind of what he did in the game, too, because remember, all of his fingers were connected. So he just kind of had the thumb. Yeah. And, so he couldn't make a fist. He was just yeah. kind of like, it's like a, in, in my mind, in like, my mind, he just punched through. He just made a sock puppet and just pretty much. So, so yeah, he he jams his hand through the flood biomass and then through Keys' skull and half uh, half deteriorated brain, grabs the implants, and leaves the truth and reconciliation to get back to the pillar of autumn. And while this is happening, Silva has a bright idea because mm. they found out that there were flood under the facility. So he sends McKay down, draws out a bunch of flood, almost loses a team, but kills the flood, locks down the bottom of the base and finds out that, Hey, you know, we got like 24, 48 hours. And he's just like, you know what? We're leaving. And yep. he finds out that the AIs had been talking and that they had the plan. And McKay was just like, you know, even Silva was like, you know what? I may not like the Spartans, but there is no denying that the chief is one hell of a soldier mm-hmm. because understanding what he went through, I don't think Silva himself would do what the master chief did. And I think he yeah. knows it, yeah. but in his infinite wisdom, he decides, Hey, guess what? We're going to go take the truth and reconciliation. It's space ready. And we're going to fly it out. And the AI Wellesley is like, but sir, the flood. And he's like, what about it? And he's like, the flood are dangerous. If even one of them lands on Earth, we could lose everything. He's like, but if they're alive, we can study them. And the AI is like, this is a very bad idea and you are a very bad person. (laughs) (laughs) And so Silva is launching this assault on the Truth and Reconciliation. A very, arguably their most successful engagement of the entire campaign on Halo because they have control of 80 of the sh- 80% of the ship in like minutes because the Covenant are broken and battered and it's just a matter of dealing with the flood for the most part. So they have control mm-hmm. of the ship and they're ready to take off and McKay is down guarding the engine room and one of the techs is like, hey, I realize I'm, I might be getting a little bit ahead but I figure we could probably wrap this storyline up at least without... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
you know, he tells McKay, or they tell McKay, hey, so this thing is what connects the, the engine room to the bridge. If this gets severed, we're screwed. So we should post a guard here. And Jenkins is in the room with them and he tries to cut it off because he knows I can't let the flood leave this ring. Mm-hmm. The flood, a half flood infected dude is like, I can't let this happen. And he looks at McKay in desperation. And McKay tells the Marine with Jenkins to go on a break. Detonates a grenade. Severs the tie. And Silva is on the bridge and like, what just happened? And Wellesley, the last line, you trained her well, at least. You can be proud yeah. of that. And the truth and reconciliation plummets down to Halo and everybody dies. Yep. So, R.I.P. McKay, second best character in the she book. She did the right Everyone's, thing. She did do the right because thing. Because that would not have ended well at all. Yeah, because right after takeoff, on cue, a ton of infection forms just come up through the ventilation shaft into the room they're in. Yep. They take all of them out and they're just like, yeah, the ship's actually still infected. Yeah, they, yeah. and McKay was the one who warned him and he was just like, I don't care. Silva is yeah. a bad man. He's a very bad yeah. man. And... Uh, did not deserve the respect of his people at that point because he was endangering all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to go back a little bit uh, on is before... So, so Chief is on the ship to find keys and he ends up out of the ship in the, the, the level in the game with the green gooey waterfalls. Um, the coolant. and The coolant, indeed. Um, and there was just one line that really stuck out to me. Um... So, as he was making way, his way back to the gravity lift uh, to get back into the ship, um, he sees the Covenant at the top of the hill, trying as hard as he's ever seen them fight, trying to keep the flood away from the lift. And there's just this line where it says, It was the last stand and the Covenant knew it. They fought harder than he'd ever seen the aliens fight. He felt a moment of kinship with the Covenant soldiers. Which, after being in a war with them for almost 30 years the fact that there's this threat that so far outweighs the covenant and it's just a moment of clarity for him and it just kind of stuck out to me yeah and i mean that's like you, you put this in perspective you take halo 3 as an example it took the humans and elites combined effort just to like do anything about it you know and it's yeah. like that not, neither one of them could have done it alone, mm-hmm. you know? And I think both sides eventually realized that. But um, the Flood is a threat beyond scope. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a reason the Forerunners built these rings designed to wipe out all organic life. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, cutting back. Um, oh, and... Chief crashes a Banshee. Well, actually, oh, one more ahead. thing before that, because this is my yeah, this yeah. is maybe my favorite part. Uh, so our our elite and grunt, uh, they get away from oh, the base. Yes. Uh, but the grunt has an idea because they can't go back. If they go back, the prophet's gonna kill him. He's already killed one of his superiors because he failed to he failed his mission to kill the chief the first time. Mm-hmm. And so he goes. They go to the pillar of autumn, and Yayap is just like, okay, so here, these guys are all tired. And here comes an elite commando. They're not going to question your identity. So you're going to pretend to be somebody else who died. You're not going to be you. You're going to be somebody else. They're going to see you, see you in your black armor, and be like, oh, thank God. Thank Mm -hmm. the prophets. 
<laughs> my prayers have been answered. Please, anything, just whatever you want, just do it. And he's right. And so they get aboard the ship. And the guy who approves him, or the commander of that operation, his name is on to me. O-N-T-O-M-E-E. <laughs> his name is on to me. <laughs> and that's the best thing in this whole book is his name is on to me. That's really good. Yeah. I'm so, it's it, even better that you didn't notice. Yep, because like, it, it this is. is, this is my like realization moment for this book. I was like, oh my God, his name is on to me. Yeah. And it and could apparently, not be better. Apparently at some point, I guess to maybe nullify some of the on the noseness of that, uh, according to Halopedia, Antomi's homeworld, Antum. <laughs> it's it's the town of Antum on Sanghelios. So. Oh, so it's like Antum E. Yeah. I don't care. His name is Antomi. Yeah. yeah, and it's hilarious. It's so I'm much glad better you that way. That. Yeah, yep, no, that's maybe the best thing in the whole book, is that's, that he wrote that in, dumb. and it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Um, <laughs> thank you for letting me have that thank you I didn't want yeah. to forget that was my major yeah. contribution to this podcast <laughs> I can wash my hands of this now <laughs> uh, so Chief uh, gets back to the Pillar of Autumn crashes a banshee gets out in time we see the cutscene of the game it's funny um, he's on his way to the engine room to um, detonate the fusion reactors when um, he's, this is the part th that is shocking and is the point, I think in the, potentially the entire franchise where chief has been the most vulnerable. <laughs> um, so he's fending off waves and waves of flood. Uh, yeah. This is um, the hallway in the cryo chamber, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's, it was on his way to the engine room. Yeah. Um, through the cryo chamber. This is the, the um, hallway with the infinite spawns in the campaign. Yeah. So, um, I think he was shot in the back by a grunt um, and the grunt w and then he turned around and the grunt was so shocked that he, he oh, wait, was it this or did he get hit by a combat form in the back of the no, head no, no, the grunt that was, took his shields down was in the mess hall. The grunt was in the mess. Yeah. Hall. Okay. And then he, he ripped the methane tank off of that one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. one was brutal. That was before he got to the bridge. This one, he did get hit by the combat form and then an infection form dropped down from above and landed on his face. Yeah, the combat form took his shields all the way down. The infection form landed on his face and actually penetrated through uh, through his neck and almost got to his spinal cord. When And the Master Chief at the, this point says, it's over. He thinks it's he over. Like, he is just yeah. like, there is no way... My shields are down. It penetrated my combat skin. Like, I, I can't do anything. I can't stop yeah. this from happening. And then Cortana's the hero we don't deserve. And uh, works up enough power from the armor to release a an electric discharge to kill the combat form. But the penetrator's still freaking stuck in him. So he <laughs> so has like... to kill, like, another, like, half dozen combat forms before he can take off his helmet and actually remove the thing from his body. Yeah. Oh God. Ugh. Um. Ugh. So. Master Chief uh, was almost a flood. Turns out. Yeah. Yeah. The most powerful flood. Um, Could you imagine? Oh my God. Uh, imagine well, a flood in with Halo recharging War shields. 
Halo Wars 2, don't is aren't there Flood Spartans? I don't think so. Oh, I thought I saw that. Um let's see. So, um the countdown begins, um but <laughs> I hope you didn't forget about good old Zuka Zamami and Yeah Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't. Nope. Um so uh Zamami leaves Yayap um, to provide basically intelligence from uh, f- relatively far away while he and a squad go out to kill the chief. Yeah, it's an intelligence station on the Autumn that had access to like cameras and stuff. And so he yeah. basically sits him down and is like, as soon as you know where he is, you tell me and I will intercept him. And, and I love um, Yayap's like... He, he feigns disappointment that he can't be out there with him. Yo, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, whatever for the best. Listen, for the best of the mission. Yeah, yeah, is maybe the coolest Covenant character in this whole book because, like, a little yeah. bit prior to that, um, the the elite puts him in charge of like this uh, the supply incoming, and jackals hate grunts. And he, mm. so he puts his grunt in charge and the jackals don't want to listen. And he's like, hey, open those containers one by one before you send them out. And the jackals are like, you know, no, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. We need to get these things out as quickly as possible. That's our orders. And Yayap is like, no, you open them one at a time and check. And they open the first few, nothing. Then another jackal opens another one. Infection forms come falling out of it and kill him. And then the jackals are just like, wow, I can't believe the methane breather helped us. You know, good thing the, the fire leader was here. And he was like, he didn't know whether he was supposed to be flattered or offended, but he said he was an unofficial jackal now. He yeah, earned the respect all, of the jackals. And it took him a gunpoint. <laughs> yeah, and, and not only that, but part of the whole container scene was those infection forms came out. Uh, they killed all of them. But as soon as he saw the flood come out, he freaking chucked a plasma grenade into the container and there were three or four combat forms waiting in the back, hiding until the to to wait, hiding to jump out after the infection forms. And he just chucked a plasma grenade because you know, yeah, yeah, don't care. Yo, yeah, and, is a boss. Yo, yeah, yeah, is. I awesome want him dude. to like be the next Atriox. Just imagine, like, you know, like Atriox <laughs> is the big bad. How about this grunt who just like somehow earned the respect of all the Covenant? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, what up? <laughs> God, he'd be a grunt prophet. He, warrior. It would be like if Claptrap was in charge of Borderlands. Oh, yeah. Except better. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so. Yayap is uh, a boss, though. So Yayap also, as soon as Zamami leaves, or shortly after, he pieces out, gets on a ghost. No, and he just tells yeah, he tells him where uh, the chief is. He tells him this right. is the he only way the you is, can go. Yeah. This is the infamous elevator scene at the end, and mm-hmm. then he's just like. Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> yep, takes a ghost, drives away, he feels at peace. And <laughs> it's great. And I was so happy for him. Yeah, until like, you know, six minutes later. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so, uh, Zamami tries to ambush John. Um, he's in a shade turret. Um, John opens a door, gets fired at. I think he gets hit a couple times. His shield, yeah, his shields are definitely, uh, you know, feeling it. Yeah, he cl- manages to close the door. Cortana takes control of the elevator that Zamami is on, starts lowering it, and then Chief opens the door and drops grenades and kills him. Yep. <laughs> and it's like the most like <laughs> anti-hype way. But the best part is he describes it is he gets blown into the air, is allowed one last look at his prey, falls yep. down, feels something break, and then just knows it's over. Yeah. Yeah um it's so good and then um basically yeah and then it's the last and then it's the maw it's the escape 
Um, we see Foe Hammer go down, rest in peace. The drum run. As always, the drum run uh, gets to the ship, and then uh, they make it off the ring. And that's where we ended. Yeah, uh, the ring is destroyed. Halo, it's finished. Yep, no more. Yeah. I think we're just um, getting started, Ross. There it is. Uh, and yeah, that's Halo the Flood. Um, there is... It was, I, Oh, oh I was just going to say, there is some, like, additional, like, supplemental stuff after that in the book, if if that's information that you're looking for, like Covenant reports on what was happening on Halo, things like that. Uh, for anybody who's interested in that, um, we didn't really go into that much, but, you know, there's it, for anybody who's still interested in the book, you know, there is stuff that we don't, we are not going to cover here that's still there, if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, overall, I was very happy to go back and reread this, because... Um, I remembered tiny bits and pieces and rereading it. There were parts of it that I disliked more than I remembered and parts that I liked more than I remembered. This book was a lot deeper than I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think that I feel like this is definitely the black sheep of the early books. Um, I think part of it uh, comes down to some of Dietz's writing style. I think part of it comes down to him having to write a book. That's half a novelization of the actual game. And there's only so much he can do which I think he did enough to differentiate it. And I think he contributed to um, flood lore, especially early on in a really big way to really hammer home how, why we should yeah, be afraid of him. His lore additions within this book are incredibly important to Halo canon. And that cannot mm. be undersold. I think the pacing is a little up and down, which is its biggest flaw. Yeah. And where I think Nyland is a little better is he just understands how long he needs to spend on something and then moves on. And Dietz just sometimes spends a little too much time on things that don't really need it. In, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, but his, his, but his I... lore contributions cannot be undersold. This is like, this is, I think, you know, out, you know, the fall of reach was one thing, but like, this might have been the most important lore addition at this time to the Halo universe because mm. it took that game... Like, this was something that I feel like players of the game might have been more interested in or people who are at least familiar with the game and didn't want to play it might be more inclined to read this book because it's like, hey, it's that game that everybody's talking about and says it has a good story. Let me read the book, you know? Um Mm -hmm. but he really he 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 took the concept of the expanded universe and made that you know expanded on what we already knew so like this was i don't know it, it, it's it's i feel like this is kind of the turning point for the halo expanded universe uh in mm. the sense of you know the fall of reach is just like a, a stepping stone to the game this is when things started to be like yo these books are like meaningful these are yeah. these are things that the games just cannot offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, as of the time of this recording, it is still the only book he has written in the Halo franchise. He's written many other sci-fi books, but this is his one contribution. And uh, thank you, Mr. Dietz, for the contribution. I wouldn't mind if it came back. Yeah, honestly. Um, I feel like, yeah, like I said earlier, I feel like this novel is kind of dumped on unfairly um because of what it is um but there's a lot of yeah, good there's stuff a lot there, more depth so. here than people give it credit for yeah so um so yeah that is episode two of the half gen bookcast um halo the flood next up um is 
Halo First Strike. Boom. Taking place which, during the events post-Halo 1, but pre-Halo 2. Yes, and that podcast will be coming to you the first, just like all of these, the first Sunday of each month, in which case it will be May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Woohoo! The day after um, Star Wars Day. Yep, so um, look forward to that. Um, but yeah. So Ross, I, uh, not, not yeah. to get too ahead of ourselves, but I had kind of an idea, sure. okay? Just so we don't mm-hmm. get too Halo crazy, okay? So we got First Strike. After that, we're going to have Ghost of Onyx. I think that's the logical. And then take, and then take a break. Take a break from the to... Halo books. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So yeah. we'll get this because these are the core kind of four. Because Ghost of Onyx takes place like during two and part of three. So like right. these are the books that take place in and around the Halo trilogy. So I yeah. say we finish the fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. And then Good. we we approach a different series, a different franchise. Yeah. And then we circle back around and start getting into more of the extended Halo lore cuz I just don't I yeah. don't want cuz there's there's a certain point where you do too many Halo books in a row and it's like, you know, it's a, it, we're we're just a Halo podcast after that. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. We do sure. enough of that um, on and... our regular podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, arguably too much. Um but yeah, the the first four books um, are around the time of the games. The fifth book, Contact Harvest, is a prequel to the first four books. Um, and we'll and explain some things from the next book. And I I think once you get past a point, Chris, I think you will enjoy Contact Harvest as much as I, I did so. finally getting through I it. I hope so. There's a lot of really important stuff in that well, book. I'm going to have to read it at some point because we're going to keep it's doing true. this. I like this. It's true. I like knowing that I have like you know a, a dedicated book to read. Every month, at the very yeah. least, you know? Yeah, keeps keeps me reading, yeah. which is good. Um, but yeah, so that's it for uh, episode two. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, make sure to read Halo First Strike before May 5th, and where we will be talking about the next one. Mm. Um, again, by Eric Nyland, making his return. Yes, he will be so. writing the next two books. And Indeed. then he would go on Indeed. to write for Microsoft. I think he co-wrote Gears of War 3. If I remember correctly. Yeah, well, he w- this entire time, he was just a writer at Microsoft. He wasn't part oh, of Bungie. Yeah, no, um, I, I thought he... Well, I know he was an independent writer as well prior to this. Like, he was already an established author at this point. Uh, I, yeah, at, at, as of Fall of Reach, he was at Microsoft. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he wrote um, a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. So, um... So look forward to that, and we'll be uh, doing some research of our own to figure out um, what will come after uh, Ghost of Onyx once we change franchises. Good news, we have two months to figure it out. Indeed. Indeed. So I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, we will uh, chat soon. Yes, we'll see you guys on uh, Thursday for the next weekly podcast. See you then. Bye-bye.